Chapter Twenty Four of A Hazard of New Fortunes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. March pushed the door open into a room like that on the left, but with a writing desk instead of a cobbler's bench, and a bed where Lindau sat propped up with a coat over his shoulders and a skull cap on his head, reading a book from which he lifted his eyes to stare blankly over his spectacles at March. His hairy old breast showed through the nightshirt, which gaped apart. The stump of his left arm lay open upon the book to keep it open. "'Ah, my dear young friend, Basil March, is it you?' he called out joyously the next moment. "'Why, are you sick, Lindau?' March anxiously scanned his face in taking his hand. Lindau laughed. "'No, I'm all right, only a little lazy and a little economical.' It's cheaper to stay in bed sometimes as to keep a fire going all the time. Don't want to come too hard on the brave man, you know. Brave man, er schafft mir zu essen. You remember, Heine? You read Heine still? Who is your favorite poet now, Basil? You write some poetry yourself yet? No? Well, I am glad to see you. Brush those papers off that chair. Well, it is good for sore eyes. How did you find where I live? They told me at Moroni's, said March. He tried to keep his eyes on Lindau's face and not see the discomfort of the room, but he was aware of the shabby and frowsy bedding, the odour of stale smoke, and the pipes and tobacco shreds mixed with the books and manuscripts strewn over the leaf of the writing-desk. He laid down on the mass the pile of foreign magazines he had brought under his arm. They gave me another address first. "'Yes, I have just come here,' said Lindau. "'It is not very cosy, eh?' "'It might be gayer,' March admitted with a smile. "'Still,' he added soberly, "'a good many people seem to live in this part of the town. "'Apparently they die here, too, Lindau. "'There is crape on your outside door. "'I didn't know, but it was for you.' "'Not this time,' said Lindau, in the same humour. "'Perhaps some other time.' We keep the undertakers pretty busy down here. Well, said March, undertakers must live, even if the rest of us have to die to let them. Lindau laughed, and March went on. But I'm glad it isn't your funeral, Lindau. And you say you're not sick, so I don't see why we shouldn't come to business. Business? Lindau lifted his eyebrows. You come on business? And pleasure combined, said March and he went on to explain the service he desired at Lindau's hands. The old man listened with serious attention, and with assenting nods that culminated in a spoken expression of his willingness to undertake the translations. March waited with a sort of mechanical expectation of his gratitude for the work put in his way, but nothing of the kind came from Lindau, and March was left to say, "'Well, everything is understood, then,' and I don't know that I need add that if you ever want a little advance on the work. I will ask you, said Lindau quietly, and I thank you for that, but I can wait. I don't need any money just at present. And if he saw some appeal for greater frankness in March's eye, he went on. I didn't come here because I was too poor to live anywhere else, and I don't stay in bed because I couldn't have a fire to keep warm if I wanted it. I'm not so bad off as Marmontel when he went to Paris. I'm a little luxurious, that's all. If I stay in bed, it's so I can fling money away on something else, hey? Eh? 
but what are you living here for lindau march smiled at the irony lurking in lindau's words well you see i found i was becoming a little too much of an aristocrat i had a room up in greenwich village among those big pugs over on the west side and i found lindau's voice lost its jesting quality and his face darkened that i was beginning to forget the poor i should have thought said march with impartial interest that you might have seen poverty enough now and then in greenwich village to remind you of its existence not like here said lindau and you must see it all the time see it hear it smell it taste it or you forget it that is what i come here for i was becoming a bloated aristocrat i thought i was not like these people down here when i had gone down once to look around i thought i must be something else and so i said i better take myself in time and i come here among my brothers the beggars and the thieves a noise made itself heard in the next room as if the door were furtively opened and a faint sound of tiptoeing and of hands clawing on a table thieves lindau repeated with a shout little thieves that capture your breakfast ah ha ha a wild scurrying of feet joyous cries and tittering and a slamming door followed upon his explosion and he resumed in the silence it is the chultan got back from school they come and steal what i leave there on my table it's one of our little jokes we understand one another that's all right once the cobbler in the other room there he used to chase him he couldn't understand their little tricks now that cobbler's dead and he don't chase him any more he was a bohemian kind of crazy i guess well it's a sociable existence march suggested but perhaps if you let them have the things without stealing oh no no must not make them too conceited they mustn't go and feel themselves better than those poor millionaires that had to steal their money march smiled indulgently at his old friend's violence oh there are faggots and faggots you know lindau perhaps not all the millionaires are so guilty let us speak german cried lindau in his own tongue pushing his book aside and thrusting his skull-cap back from his forehead how much money can a man honestly earn without wronging or oppressing some other man well if you'll let me answer in english said march i should say about five thousand dollars a year i name that figure because it's my experience that i could never earn more but the experience of other men may be different and if they tell me they can earn ten or twenty or fifty thousand a year i'm not prepared to say they can't do it lindau hardly waited for his answer not the most gifted man that ever lived in the practice of any art or science and paid the highest rate that exceptional genius could justly demand from those who have worked for their money could ever earn a million dollars it is the landlords and the merchant princes the railroad kings and the coal barons the oppressors to whom you instinctively give the titles of tyrants it is these that make the millions but no man earns them what artist what physician what scientist what poet was ever a millionaire i can only think of the poet rogers said march amused by lindo's tirade but he was as exceptional as the other rogers the martyr who died with warm feet lindau had apparently not understood his joke and he went on with the american ease of mind about everything 
but you must allow lindau that some of those fellows don't do so badly with their guilty gains some of them give work to armies of poor people lindau furiously interrupted yes when they have gathered their millions together from the hunger and cold and nakedness and ruin and despair of hundreds of thousands of other men they give work to the poor they give work they allow their helpless brothers to earn enough to keep life in them they give work who is it gives toil and where will your rich men be when once the poor shall refuse to give toil why you have come to give me work march laughed outright well i'm not a millionaire anyway lindau and i hope you won't make an example of me by refusing to give toil i dare say the millionaires deserve it but i'd rather they wouldn't suffer in my person no returned the old man mildly relaxing the fierce glare he had bent upon march no man deserves to suffer at the hands of another i lose myself when i think of the injustice in the world but i must not forget that i am like the worst of them you might go up fifth avenue and live among the rich a while when you're in danger of that suggested march at any rate he added by an impulse which he knew he could not justify to his wife i wish you'd come some day and lunch with their emissary i've been telling mrs march about you and i want her and the children to see you come over with these things and report he put his hands on the magazines as he rose i will come said lindau gently shall i give you your book asked march no i get up pretty soon and can you dress yourself i whistle and one of those little fellows comes we have to take care of one another in a place like this it is not like the world said lindau gloomily march thought he ought to cheer him up oh it isn't such a bad world lindau after all the average of millionaires is small in it he added and i don't believe there's an american living that could look at that arm of yours and not wish to lend you a hand for the one you gave us all march felt this to be a fine turn and his voice trembled slightly in saying it lindau smiled grimly you think so i wouldn't much like to trust them i've tried it too often he began to speak german again fiercely besides they owe me nothing do you think i knowingly gave my hand to save this oligarchy of traders and tricksters this aristocracy of railroad wreckers and stock gamblers and mine slave drivers and mill surf owners no i gave it to the slave the slave ha 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 whom i helped to unshackle to the common liberty of hunger and cold and you think i would be a beneficiary of such a state of things i'm sorry to hear you talk so lindau said march very sorry he stopped with a look of pain and rose to go lindau suddenly broke into a laugh and into english oh well it is only talk passel and it does me good my bark is worse than my bite i guess i bring these things round pretty soon good-bye passel my dear boy auf wiedersehen End of chapter twenty four